0: Welcome back. Hey Leah, welcome
1: back. How have you been sleeping this week? Well, my, my sleep hasn't been great the last little bit, so I've been more conscious about trying to get more sleep, especially working shift work 7 to 7. I'm finding it really difficult to get enough sleep, so um, I've been wearing my Fitbit and tracking my hours and just trying to be more conscious about what time I have to go to bed in order to get an actual good chunk of sleep and, yep. and feel better. So I'm just trying to be more conscious of that right now and working towards my minimum seven hour goal. Good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> quantity is as important or more important as quality. That's right. So, um, I've been working on my sleep hygiene this week. I'm really really trying to get back into the swing of things so I can feel like a normal human being while it is dark out for 23 of the 24 hours of the day. Yeah, it feels like it. So I've been really working with, like kind of playing around with my bedtime routine a little bit. Um, and normally I take a bath before bed, but a couple of nights I try to warm shower instead, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie, I had a really good sleep. And I'm a lazy nighttime person, like I don't want to stand up <laughs> yeah. to bathe. Yeah, <laughs> but I did find that Just I had to lay in hot water. Yeah, and, and then like crawl to my bed. <laughs> but I took two sh- uh, two nights, I took uh, showers before bed. And actually, it was it was awesome. I slept really
1: great both of those nights. So
0: I might start working that into into the regular routine. We'll see. i right, not right. totally
1: ready to give up the bathtub yet. <laughs> Marley is the queen of the routine. <laughs> um, and actually on that topic or on that subject, I will introduce our topic for this week, which is sleep hygiene. So you might have heard us mention sleep hygiene before. Um, It's a term that we use a lot, and it's a term that's very common that you'll hear in the sleep world, which not many people are in, but anyways. It's a term um, basically that describes the behaviors around bedtime or activities that can promote or impede your sleep, basically. Um, These can be good or bad behavior, so you can have good sleep hygiene or you can have bad sleep hygiene. And we're in control of that, Ourselves like that's something, you know, that's that's one thing that we can do to control our quality and quantity of sleep. our behavior Right our daytime behavior will directly um,
0: Affect how we sleep at night Mm -hmm. and that's the what sleep hygiene is and really it comes down to just making a few simple small changes It's not that you know You have to do everything all at once and follow every single tip all the time but if you're struggling with sleep incorporate these into your bedtime and in into your I mean, even your daytime, what you're doing in the daytime to make your sleep better and they can have a big impact on your sleep.
1: Yeah. It's no different than diet and exercise tips that you hear, you know, little things you can incorporate in your life to improve your health. There are the same, those same things that are absolutely uh, around your sleep. And um,
0: you know, you just want to take those small steps, like maybe start one new sleep hygiene tip per month, incorporate it until Mm -hmm. you've, you know, gotten rid of whatever trouble you're having with your sleep. And then if you're still having trouble, then you should seek some professional medical opinions. Right. (laughs) Just a disclaimer there. So this week we've narrowed down our top 10 favorite sleep hygiene tips, the top 10 that we
1: think are most important as well.
0: Right. And you're getting them for free. (laughs) Let's
1: start with number one. We'll start with number one. So the first tip that we have for you is to establish a good sleep environment. So that means cool, dark and quiet exactly so cool um, it is better for your body to
0: sleep in a cool environment just because naturally our bodies um, will cool when we fall asleep and the cooler room will help promote that and get us into a deeper sleep so ideal temperature for your bedroom is typically somewhere between 15.5 and 19 degrees Celsius and that can vary a little bit for everyone but that is the the recommended temperature range Um, darkness so I can't stress enough that your eyelids are not blackout curtains. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, if you have a bunch of lights on in your room and you close your eyes, it's not pitch black, and light can go through your eyelids. Mm-hmm. Even the little blinking lights on, you know, TV receivers and things like that, yeah. that can disrupt your sleep. So a completely dark bedroom is very important. Invest in the blackout curtains. I mean, they're not yep. very expensive. You can get them from yeah, IKEA. I, now. Yeah, I right.
1: got. I think mine. I have an entire wall of windows, and mine only costs. I think it was less than $100 to put up worth every penny. Great blackout <laughs> curtains. Totally. Worth every penny. Life-changing, honestly.
0: And another another tool that I like to use is an eye mask. So you can buy mm-hmm. really comfortable eye masks now. They're fairly cheap, less than $10. You do have to replace them. Um they cup your eyes. Get the the ones that are um they they're kind of formed so then your eyelashes don't
1: rub against them. Yeah, it's not comfortable. Um, not the dollar store ones <laughs> that are silk and no, with the animal ears on the, yeah. <laughs> no, get a good eye mask.
0: Um, and then that's a portable sleep tool too. So if you can, you know, if you're going somewhere else traveling and you're not sure if the room's going to be completely dark, having an eye mask is, is a nice tool to have with you. Right. And then quiet. So noise can be something that can disrupt your sleep without you even realizing it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you live close to a noisy road, there's street noise and cars and sirens and things like that. Um, There can be noise that's waking you up and you don't even know why you woke up because you weren't aware that you heard it. And then you were just awake at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So white noise machines work really great for the people that love to have their phones in the room. Speaking about seventy percent of the world, yeah, uh, there are white noise apps. Um, there's all this new research about different types of noise. There's like pink noise and brown noise, and there's all these different noises. Brown noise. There's brown noise.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> Poop noises.
1: <laughs> I can visualize it's what brown noise
0: would sound like. Basically a lullaby.
1: <laughs> this is the first I've heard about brown noise. It just caught me off guard. I don't know if there's brown. <laughs> I
0: think you should keep it (laughs) so there's if you know if you look into some of these noise if you're into that stuff into the technology there are some different wavelengths of noise and things like that that can promote sleep as well but for from a simple perspective just something that's going to kind of (laughs) Um, drown it out drown out the impeding noises that can wake you up. Um, and I am a big advocate for earplugs. I know yeah. there's a lot of parents that feel uncomfortable wearing earplugs because they're worried about their kids and things like that. But honestly, you can still hear through the earplugs. It just dampens the noise. Yeah. I
1: find it, I do sleep a lot better. And when I wake up in the night and realize my earplugs falling out, I get like, I reach, it, your bed. I <laughs> reach out reach of bed and stick it back in. And I, I love do. that. Like when it when the sound gets drowned <laughs>
0: out, I'm just like, so gone right back to Lee sleep. Leah and I both use foam earplugs and we, um, that you kind of roll them between your fingers and then you shove them in your ears and they expand in your ears mm-hmm. and we both get the same sensation when they expand in our ears and it deadens the noise and it just puts us to sleep
1: yeah once and you I'm, get used to it it really like it's does a, it's hard to sleep without them once <clears throat> you get used to i it. actually
0: have a little um basket in my nightstand so if i lose an earplug in the middle of the night i just reach over to my nightstand <laughs> and grab an earplug <laughs> emergency earplug supply
1: <laughs> it works great and <clears throat> also marley said about noise outside and that kind of thing but also if you are a shift worker like me and you're sleeping during the day and your family is noisy or even if someone in your family is noisy at night or if you live in an apartment building you can't control that kind of thing so the noise inside can also disrupt your sleep and and so um, protect yourself against that and specific to shift workers they tend to do better with air conditioners and it's
0: because it keeps Sound it and cold. cool <laughs> cool and exactly and it does <laughs> Kind of gives you some
1: white noise as well so our second tip is to only use your bedroom for sleeping and sex or if you want to be more classy intimacy <laughs> we can't discriminate against anybody's lifestyle they might not be You're sex right. might not be
0: intimacy so that's true right, right. intimacy and sleeping and the reason is that you just don't want to do anything in your bedroom that's going to associate your, your bedroom with another activity. So working and watching mm-hmm. TV and some eating anything and things like that. stressful or exciting. Right. Anything stressful or too, I mean, you, you want some excitement in your bedroom, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing too exciting. Nothing's right. going to wake you up too much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it's really about you know, the brain association with your bedroom. So you always want your, bre- your brain to associate your bedroom with just sleeping. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the, the gist behind that one.
1: Okay. Um, that one's pretty straightforward. So number three is to establish a regular bedtime and wake time. So um, our bodies do like routine and
0: that regularity of a regular bedtime and wake time can be very helpful for a couple of reasons. Um, one is if you're going to bed at a regular hour and waking up at the same time, you're kind of you can guarantee yourself you're getting the amount of sleep that you want. So not necessarily guarantee, but you're you're allowing yourself, you're giving your body the opportunity for the same amount of sleep every night, which is great. And as long as your bedtimes are early enough that you can get eight hours or that your wake time is late enough that you're getting between seven and nine hours, then that's that. Way, that's a good way to make sure you're getting enough sleep. Something that a lot of people don't realize is that it's most important to have the same wake-up time every day. So why is that? Like Why, why wake-up time? Why is that more important? Yeah. <clears throat> so it comes down to that. Um, we can't really control exactly when we fall asleep, but Mm -hmm. we can control when we wake up. So, I mean, we can give ourselves the opportunity to fall asleep, but if you can't fall asleep, what tends to happen is people sleep in later to try to get more sleep. And really what can happen is you're going to bed, if you're not falling asleep, then you're sleeping in later, and then you're going to go to bed later again, and you get into this vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do if you can't fall asleep one night at a regular time, despite how many hours of sleep you get, is actually just to still get up at the same time every day. And then you kind of restart that next night and get to bed at a regular time.
1: Okay, well that makes sense. Okay, so uh, for tip number four, it is to create a bedtime routine. You've heard us talk about this, and to follow it consistently. <laughs> That's right, you can't just create it and then not yeah. follow it. <laughs> but, like, you've listened to our struggles. We are not perfect creatures. We try. Marley's pretty good with her bedtime routine, but I mean, we all veer from it, but the best thing you can do is to try and follow it consistently. Absolutely. So, Doing activities that promote sleep before
0: bed and keeping that consistent really just helps prepare your brain that it's nighttime, it's time to go to bed. So I like to wind down with a bath and some stretching. I have a bad back. <laughs> um, I take my dog outside and then I just go to bed. So. There are lots of other activities like sometimes people do some meditation Mm -hmm. um, puzzles reading journaling is great sometimes people like to write down like three things that they are grateful for before they go to bed keeping that consistent routine really does help you be able to fall asleep faster and it prepares your body for sleep so um, there's actually evidence that if you do take a warm bath or warm shower before bed it can help you fall asleep because Mm
1: -hmm. it helps with that temperature control um, the cooling when you fall asleep right so as a child sleep consultant, I like to, you know, bring this topic up every once in a while. But we, we do really value the importance of a bedtime routine at that age from birth until school age, basically. And even into in, in throughout the, our school age years, we value those bedtime routines in order to keep our sleep regular and to make sure our kids are getting enough sleep. And at some point, I don't know when it happens, but we stop valuing that and we start valuing what our own wants and needs are and right. doing different things in the and evening. I don't know
0: when it stops feeling awesome to get a bath
1: and lotion <laughs> and a story
0: read to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When
1: does
0: that stop? I don't know. I
1: don't know, but it's it's something that is very important at that that age and then it never actually stops being important. It never stops affecting your sleep, Absolutely. but we just stop making it a priority. Right. So
0: and as adults we end up Instead of having these great bedtime health promoting routines, we get these elaborate morning routines to wake us the fuck up because we're yeah. exhausted. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, like I got to have a, like a pot of coffee, an yeah. ice cold shower, extra large <laughs> coffee
1: from Tim Hortons, a full full pot, just, just
0: peeling smoke, your eyes. four cigarettes before I get, and then that's just so I can get in the car and drive to work. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so those bedtime routines, they really are important. Right. So, as part of your bedtime routine, that leads us into tip number five, which is my personal favorite, <laughs> the sleep uniform. Leah loves it. She wears
0: scrubs every day to work, which is basically pajamas. Yeah. And now I tell her she has to wear a uniform to bed, too,
1: and she just rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> Not she a, loves it. Not an actual <laughs> uniform, but choose something um, that's comfortable to wear and wear it every night. Right.
0: So, if you have like a comfortable pair of shorts and a T-shirt that you really like to sleep in, get five pairs of those yeah. or do laundry very often, but yeah. keep that consistent. If you're, if your sleep uniform is your birthday suit, get naked every night. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing. You want your body, you want routine. You want your body to associate that outfit with, with going to sleep. Right. So if you're wearing like your, you know, you get home from work and you take off your work clothes and you put on your joggers and your hoodie. And then if you fall asleep in that, your brain is going to associate that with just like feeling, right. Or like people that wear like their yoga pants to bed, your brain, when you put those clothes on, your brain's confused. Am I working
1: out or am I going to sleep? (laughs) 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 right. So get a uniform and
0: stick to it.
1: So tip number six, limit caffeine and alcohol before bed. I didn't say that. Leah did. <laughs> this is everybody's, everybody's favorite.
0: <laughs> so we did talk about alcohol a couple of weeks ago and, um, same thing, you know, drinking right before being drunk, going to bed. is not the same thing as falling asleep, passing out. It's not the same being sedated. It's not the same right. it's going to impact your sleep. Mm-hmm. So don't drink two to three hours before bed at minimum. Yeah. Ideally no alcohol before bed. Right. Um, caffeine is tricky. So caffeine actually has about a six hour half life. So if you have your last cup of coffee at 2 PM, which we do recommend to cut off your caffeine for, you know, normal day workers, (laughs) not you Leah, um, at 2 PM in the afternoon, you still have, you know, six hours later at 8 PM, you still have half that amount of caffeine in your body. Your body has to go through several half-lives or the caffeine has to go through several half-lives. To be eliminated in your body. So keep in mind that caffeine does have a longer lasting effect in your body than just that one hour
1: buzz that you get from it. It, It's staying in your body quite a bit longer. And people who are drinking multiple cups of coffee in the afternoon, if you're not sleeping, that may have something to do with it. And I recently had a patient that was told by his doctor
0: that red rose tea was good for him to drink. So he was drinking ten to twelve cups a day, (laughs) and he met with me because he has insomnia. (laughs) Turns out, doesn't have insomnia. He was just completely caffeinated. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, be aware of what where where there is caffeine. There is caffeine in certain teas. There's caffeine in Mm -hmm. pop, chocolate, Um, even decaf coffee
1: has some caffeine in it so just to be
0: aware of what you might be consuming could have caffeine
1: yeah and if you you know people I hear all the time and I used to be a person that said it I can drink a cup of coffee and go to bed but I was constantly sleep deprived so of course I could fall asleep right Um, and a lot of people just aren't aware of of what they're taking in so if you're having trouble sleeping take a look at what you're doing during the day take a look at what you're drinking and what you're eating and maybe that has something to do with it and just kind of in that same realm of um,
0: alcohol and caffeine is nicotine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For people that smoke, nicotine is a very powerful stimulant and it will wake you up. So then you might have trouble getting into getting to sleep after your last smoke or getting into deep sleep. And then you're going to wake up earlier because your body's going through withdrawal. Right. So there is that. to I mean, there's a lot of reasons to quit smoking, but there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: We needed more um okay so on to number seven our seventh tip is everybody's favorite put your technology to bed no tech in the bedroom guys yeah, i don't mean actually put your technology in your bed i mean get it out of there yeah get it a new bed in the living room yeah
0: um get a charging station outside of your bedroom technology in the bedroom is just a bad it's bad for your brain um we have a tendency to wake up in the night look at our phone if we get up to use the washroom check your email those kind of things but it's not even just phones i mean all that the electronic interaction they all have little lights on everything um and i mean even just the frequency of electronics in your room has been shown to have some effect on sleep quality so we are connected all day long. Yes. Literally all day long. It won't, will not kill anyone. Well, I mean, it could have some implication, I suppose, in some (laughs) scenario, but for the general population, it's not going to kill you to plug your phone in outside your bedroom. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So there are blue, there are blue light blocking apps and things like that you can get for your glasses and glasses Mm -hmm. and things like that you can get for your tech. But the best, thing to do is just to shut it down a couple hours before bed. Actually recommendation is two hours before bed, but at the very minimum you should not be in front of your screens thirty minutes before bed. Or you should right. disconnect thirty minutes before bed. Whether it's screens or something else that's technologically laptops. Right. Anything it, like that. Yeah. You just want to disconnect for the last thirty minutes to help your body. It's part of your bedtime routine.
1: Right. So on to number eight is to spend an appropriate amount of time in bed. So this one confuses people and this is what causes a lot of um, short term
0: insomnia to turn into chronic insomnia. So when we can't fall asleep, we tend to spend more time in bed, which is actually associating your brain and your bed with being awake. Mm -hmm. So when you can't fall asleep it's recommended that you actually get out of bed if it's been about 20 minutes or longer. So I always say to my patients, give yourself 20 minutes or to the point that you feel a little frustrated. If you can kind of gauge that, get out of bed. Get out of bed, go to another room, dimly lit, don't go on your phone. Don't go in front of the TV. Maybe go do a puzzle. Do a bit of reading on a real book. Do something that's boring until you feel sleepy, and then only once you feel sleepy, re-enter your bedroom again. Yeah. You don't want to lay in bed, creating this anxiety of, oh, if I fall asleep now, I'll get four hours. If I fall asleep now, I'll get three hours. Just get out of bed um, and only return when when you feel sleepy. And that is really hard to do this time of year when it's cold and you get yeah, out of your time. warm blankets. But it does it does really prevent. Um, the short-term insom- insomnia from mm-hmm. perpetuating to long-term.
1: And and I know something you had said about like journaling and that kind of thing. And sometimes what we're doing in bed is just laying there and ruminating on certain thoughts. Yes, absolutely. Get out of bed, take a little journal mm-hmm.
0: and write those thoughts out. There's even some evidence to say like, if you take those thoughts out of your head and put them on paper, then when you go back to bed, mm-hmm. you won't think about it. Yeah, yet. I like that tip. I yeah. think that's a
1: useful one. I think that's good. Um, and so for number nine is basically, we're giving you the pillars of health here, so we're talking about sleep, we're always talking about sleep, but everyone else is talking about diet and exercise, so that is an important aspect of your sleep as well, so right. eating right and exercising. So as we've talked about before, sleep can affect how well you
0: eat and how effective your exercise is, but also what you eat and how much you exercise can affect your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> so... As little as 10 minutes of aerobic exercise a day has been proven to improve your sleep quality. So I generally recommend that if you're a person that doesn't like to exercise, go outside. Outside is you're going to be exposed to all this bright light from the sun, mm-hmm. which is going to promote your wakefulness. And then 10 minute, a 10-minute walk is all you really need to help improve your sleep quality. Start there. That's a big... That's
1: like... Not even impact half an episode of friends on Netflix.
0: You can do it. It's a small change (laughs) for a big impact. So, I mean, work at that. And then eating right. Um, I mean there are lots of like foods that promote sleep and they have like naturally rich melatonin foods and tryptophan and things like that for the most part. Just don't eat a whole pizza before you go to bed. Don't eat anything that's oh. like heavy. <laughs> oh, <Whoops>. shit. <laughs> uh, don't eat anything too heavy, too spicy, anything that can cause reflux or heartburn that could be disruptive to your sleep and going to bed on a full stomach is going to be uncomfortable cause you're working mm-hmm. against gravity when you're laying down. Yeah, Been there. Yeah. You just don't want to do it. So within some common sense boundaries, <laughs> yeah. um, that's really what you want to do for for eating and and sleeping and you don't want to go to bed starving either so a lot of people um, want to know what they should have for a bedtime snack
1: yes Um,
0: so a light complex carbohydrate or a um, small bit of protein
1: so piece of cheese and crackers or something like that but just a small amount is what's recommended Um, okay so that brings us to number 10 our last tip and actually the most important factor in our sleep-wake cycle and that is adequate exposure to light and darkness. So we talk about this every single day,
0: uh, Lee and I, but adequate exposure to light is super important for for your brain to say it's daytime. And then I think a lot of people have kind of gotten on board with that. Like you start to feel groggy, you get outside. Everyone thinks they're going outside to get fresh air and that's gonna wake them up, <laughs> it's actually the sun. Right. <laughs> but. Um, that's true, I
1: never really thought about that.
0: Yeah. Um, If you're working in an office that doesn't have any lights or anything like that, like get exposed to some light during the day. There's artificial light that can make your brain believe that it's sunlight. You can get outside, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing, Um, and that will help your brain know, okay, it's been day for a while, and then when it's nighttime, what you want to start thinking about is dimming your light. So mm-hmm. a couple hours before bed, just be aware of the lighting in your house. Is it bright white LED lights that are going tell right. your brain do not produce melatonin? Yeah, <laughs> We're yes. already inundated with lights everywhere Absolutely. right now. So. I mean, the creation of electricity has changed sleep pe- sleep for everybody. We used to sleep when it was dark and be awake when it was light right. and things like that. Um, the other thing that I, I see a lot is <clears throat> um, bathroom lighting. Mm -hmm. So everyone goes into their bathroom to start their skin routine or brush their teeth or whatever before bed. And usually the lights in bathrooms are quite bright, especially those um, vanity lights that go Mm -hmm. around the mirrors.
1: Um,
0: Those are big, white, bright lights. Great for morning terrible for your sleep Mm -hmm. so if you can get a nightlight for your 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 bathroom or if you have like in our bathrooms yeah candlelight we're always talking about candlelight it's Mm -hmm. not pretentious it's romantic yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um we have a couple lights in our bathroom and you could there's a dimmer one than than um the one that goes around the the mirror kind of just being aware of that go back and buy some old school yellow light bulbs those incandescent Incandescent, light bulbs I'm um, sure they burn out faster, and they might not be as efficient with electricity, but if you're having trouble sleeping, put that in your lamp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you don't want a big bright light. Um, just being aware of of the light that you're exposed to. So in the daytime, when you first wake up in the morning, that's why I say if you're going to grab your phone, turn up the brightness first thing in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and at night, same Blast thing. Yourself you want to dim it. the lights. And a couple hours before bed is really ideal. About two mm-hmm. hours before bed, you want to start being really aware of the lights you're being exposed to. Cause that is the strongest determinant of our melatonin being produced and that's going to create our sleep wake Mm -hmm. cycle. So
1: I've actually started at work with the, I love that you do that in the nursing home. Since I've learned this, I even on my day shifts before I leave at seven, I'll turn down the lights to half brightness just to kind of help promote sleep for the residents. And I do that on my night shifts as well. If they're not dimmed, as soon as I come in, I dim them. That's so awesome, especially in an environment with
0: people with dementia and things mm-hmm. like that. And they're really struggling with cir- circadian rhythm, sleep-wake cycles. Mm-hmm. Lighting is super important cues yeah. for our brain to know whether we're supposed to be awake or asleep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so those are our 10 tips for the for sleep hygiene. Yes. And um, we feel like those ones are very important and they can make a big impact in, in your quality of sleep and your quantity of sleep yeah and really um you don't need another tip from me this week but I do want to let you know that on a regular basis I'm seeing people think they have insomnia or they do have insomnia because of poor sleep hygiene right prolonged poor sleep habits will create insomnia basically mm-hmm. um, and just correcting these behaviors now even some of them and like you might think, Ugh, can' my phone doesn't affect my sleep try for a week without mm-hmm. it in your room and see if it makes any difference right um, And just making a few of these small changes can really help prevent short-term insomnia that can co- that can turn into long-term insomnia which is a sleep disorder that has a ton of consequences so right um, These are just small little habits that yeah, once take you take in- a couple of them and incorporate yeah, them. yeah it's great um, like a good bedtime routine and being aware of light can be completely life-changing for mm-hmm. how much sleep you're getting. Late. So Even just incorporating a few behaviors and a few habits into your daily slash nightly routine mm-hmm. <laughs> can really help with your sleep long-term.
1: Okay, so that's, uh, that's our show for the week. We thanks hope you to, sleep well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>